This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Prevent Defense, the podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is the Prevent Defense podcast on the Radio.com Digital Sports Network. I am Elliot Shore Parks, along with the one, the only, the legendary Brian Baldinger. And wanted to remind you guys off the top that, of course, the Prevent Defense podcast is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. So, of course, Baldy, we're always down with ZipRecruiter and we're always down to talk football. How you doing, man? Well, it's December. It's December. I mean, we're, de- we're in December. So if anybody is going to make a playoff push, this is the time. I mean, everybody always talks about it. I mean, you've been there from day one in Philadelphia over at NovaCare, and every coach will tell you when they stand on the podium and they start training camp that they want to play their best football in December. So who's going to play their best football in December? And it's going to decide, I mean, as much as we think that a lot of these playoff seeds have been decided, they haven't because we're just getting started here in December, and this is when the most important football is played. So Who's going to get hot? Who's going to stay hot? Um, Records are important because you obviously want enough wins to qualify, but at the same time, you want to be playing your best football. And the Eagles last year played their best football in late December and made a playoff push. But you wouldn't have thought about that as you entered December last year with the Eagles. They were struggling. I'm just giving that one, one example. But who's going to come out of nowhere the way, say, the Redskins did a few years back and won their last six games to get to the playoffs. I mean, that's out there for some teams right now. One of the most interesting divisions right now is probably also one of the worst divisions. Historically, it's the worst division through this many weeks of the football season in the history of the league, and that's the NFC East. Another intriguing plot line this week with Daniel Jones suffering a high ankle sprain against the Packers, and although it's not confirmed, it is basically all but assured Eli Manning is making his return to the field this Monday night. Giants at Eagles. My initial reaction when I heard this, Eli Manning's beating the Eagles. Like, that was my initial reaction. I can just picture now he comes back prime time. He has a good game. It's his final swan song. He's been able to, you know, he's obviously not played for, I think, eight or nine games at this point, if not more. I actually think he's going to maybe play pretty well. Um, But... What do you think of Eli Manning coming back? I mean, obviously Daniel Jones is hurt, so they didn't didn't have much of a choice. But do you think Eli Manning is just going to be rusty at this point? I've talked to people in New York that says he's ready, but at the same time, he's you know not really been doing much. I mean, Daniel Jones has been playing. Uh, at one point, someone told me he wasn't really even warming up with the team on certain days. So what do you think can be expected of Eli at this point? Well, I mean, they've lost eight in a row, Elliot. And if you look at that last game against the Packers, they were the Giants were awful. Um, mm-hmm. The running back doesn't even look like a good back right now. The 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 breakdowns I counted in the first four plays. I saw two critical ba- breakdowns by the offense line. I mean the type of breakdowns that you might look at in preseason and go, okay, we got to get this fixed in preseason. 
but not in the 13th week of the season, where on third and one, you know, they don't block the nose tackle. And, you know, Saquon takes a three-yard loss. I mean, that's how they're playing. They're, they're awful. You, you know, you can learn a lot about, about a team and about their defense by just watching their field goal rush. If you watched the 49ers rush the Baltimore Ravens last week, you would have thought every single kick was blockable and that they were going to knock down every single defender in front of them to try to get to a kick. And not just the game's winning kick. I mean, every kick, every extra point. You watch the Giants against Green Bay, and you would have thought that nobody had any pads on, and really this is just a, a, just a, a, an act that we got to just get through. There's just nothing about this team that is good or dynamic or improving. Like, you just don't see an improving team. And that Pat Shermer can stand up there and say, well, the, the – the win and losses don't reflect it. But I can go through these games and comb them. This is not allowed to continue. This is this cannot happen in the 13th week of the season. And I keep finding plays when I watch that team. So can Eli win? I don't know what to expect from him, Elliot. Like, I think this is the last thing the Giants wanted is to have to play Eli uh, after they made the move after the second game of the mm-hmm. season. And they won those first two starts with Daniel. But this is the last thing they wanted. I don't, I'm not saying that Eli's checked out. He's too professional to check out. But I can't imagine him having elite timing with uh, Darius Slayton, you know, who looks like he's their best offensive player right now. I can't imagine him having great timing with these guys. Well, good news is uh, for the Eagles defense, you do not need great timing to succeed. I saw the Eagles defense get absolutely torched by the Miami Dolphins. Now, I will say the Dolphins, although they're three and uh, three and nine, I guess at this point, uh, they're certainly the poster child for a bad NFL team. I was kind of impressed by what I saw from them. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's a pretty good quarterback. Uh, Devontae Parker, very underrated receiver. And Brian Flores, I'll give it to him. He's he's a good coach. Like watching that team, they play hard. Uh, they were coaching. He was coaching as if he had nothing to lose. At this point, he certainly doesn't. Fake field goal, onside kick attempt. So I think the Dolphins are a little a little better than the worst team in the league. Like, I think they're better than the Bengals at this point. They might be better than the Giants. But regardless, my overall point is, I think this Eagles defense is playing very poor right now coming off of last week. So I could see Eli having some success, even though he's historically really struggled against them. More interceptions against him them than any other team, and he's 10-20 and 20 against them. But I, I think the main state, the, the fact that really kind of shows where the NFC East is at right now is the Washington Redskins are still alive for a playoff push. And it's not even that crazy at this point. They've won two in a row. Uh, They beat the Panthers. Um, They've had some some quality wins in there. If they win out and the Eagles and Cowboys kind of continue to fumble their way to the goal line, Washington could be in. What have you seen from Dwayne Haskins at this point? And how has Washington been able to win two games in a row? Well, uh, you know, first of all, that win against Carolina, I mean, the owner of the Carolina Panthers decided to cut ways with Ron Rivera. And I don't think anybody thought that Ron Rivera would ever get fired. I mean, he's got a quarterback that's never played before. But the one thing about the Redskins right now is you better be ready. And I mean really ready to tackle two great backs. I mean, this Darius Geis looks like the guy that they drafted to be a stud. And Adrian Peterson is just – living every single day as an NFL player, 
just stick it to anybody that thought he was done two years ago. Like the guy plays so hard. And to, in combination, they just torched the Carolina Panthers. They didn't want to tackle those guys. And it was impressive. And I and I said this to some Eagles employees yesterday, saying that if you think in two weeks, if you're going to go and play the Washington Redskins and you're just going to automatically put up a W, I said, you're crazy. I said, this, mm. this team right now, they look like all they want to do, if you're going to go down to Washington and you think like they're just going to show up, they're showing up ready to run for 200 yards. We've seen it do them against the Eagles before. I, that's what I've seen. Now, Dwayne Haskins, look, he's throwing to two rookies. He's throwing to Kelvin Harmon right now, and he's throwing to, you know, what I think is the best rookie receiver in the league right now um, out of Ohio State. And he leads the team in receptions. And when you look at a guy like Terry McLaurin, you saw him week one against the Eagles. He ran right by the Eagles. Yep. I mean, they, they, the scout report on Terry McLaurin was uh, he has instant acceleration with smooth gas. And that's what he is. He doesn't look like he's even trying, and he runs by people. The guy's an electric player. They got two rookies out there and a rookie, you know, quarterback and a rookie offensive lineman. And, you know, like, Dwayne, you see the arm strength of Dwayne Hatch, Haskins. Um, you see some touch. You know, he has to put up big numbers, but he's not losing games for him these last two weeks. He's been he's been adequate. He's been he's been okay. He looks like a rookie quarterback that's a little tepid at taking a lot of chances, but yet he's not hurting the team right now at all either. Well, Washington goes to Green Bay this week. That's going to be a pretty tough matchup for them. Obviously, if they're able to somehow win that, then you you really, if you're the Eagles, you start to worry. But the way the Eagles are playing right now, they have to be worried playing almost anybody. I mean, they go oh, to yeah. Miami, they lose to they lose to the Dolphins, who, like I said, I think are better than their record indicates to some degree. I think how embarrassed they were earlier in the year kind of overshadows that they've played a little bit better recently. I think Fitzpatrick's really helped them from when they had Rosen in there. Brian Flores is doing a good job, but the Eagles are an absolute mess right now. The defense played terrible. They're losing 50-50 balls. Carson still is not playing at a high level, and I know you look and you see 31 points, but it's kind of wasn't really 31 points. They got seven points right off the bat, off the interception, and then they have Miles Sanders wide open. Then they score three points at the end of the game, so it was really 21 points, and they struggled the whole second half to score any points. When you watch the Eagles... What do you see? Because I see a team that the quarterback is hurting them a lot right now. As much as everyone wants to point to Doug and, and Howie, Carson is hurting this team right now. Well, I mean, I see pro – I mean, look, you're 5-7 and seven in a league where you have elite players. I thought the offensive line from Peters all the way over to Johnson played one of the best games of the year. I mean, I thought they were dominant, yet they couldn't really run the ball real well because – of a couple of reasons. One, the play calling is really just ordinary. I mean, they put Eric Rowe in the box. He can't cover people. We know that in Philadelphia. But he's a good football player. He tackles. He's big. He's fearless. Like, you put him in the box and you don't block him or you put a receiver on him. I mean, he's going to he's gonna make Miles Sanders go in a different direction. Like, mm -hmm. like they, for, for them not to include Carson in the run game makes no sense to me at all. Like, it's probably what he does best. It's why they took Buffalo apart is what he did in the run game. Like, he has to be a part of it, whether it's scrambles or whether it's read options or quarterback keepers. Like, he didn't run the ball at all against the Miami Dolphins. 
And I just don't understand. But how much of that? How much of that do you think is them not winning to get him hurt though? Because well, I'm sure it's a lot of it. I'm, I'm sure it's a lot yeah. of it. But like, you can't, you can't legislate against injuries. You just can't do it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if he's diving into the end zone against the Los Angeles Rams two years ago, and he tears his ACL, it's not because he was diving in the end zone. I mean, the knee went. Yeah, it wasn't because I've seen him take hits where, you know, most players would have been hurt. He doesn't get hurt. Yep. On some of the worst hits I see any quarterback take. But you can't. Like, you're trying to get to a playoff game. Like, I don't think you can worry about that right now. I'm not saying running them like Lamar Jackson's running. You just have to sprinkle them in. You have to make them accountable. You, you have to run some bootlegs at quarterback keepers and just see if they're honest on the backside. Keep the ends from being nosy. There's just things that you could do. Like, I would say even Dallas, you know, like they should use Dak Prescott more in the run game than they do. It'll help things out for Ezekiel Elliott. So, uh, but the the most shocking thing to me was, yeah, the 50-50 balls are ridiculous. I mean, it's fourth and four. They act surprised that they're even throwing the ball. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a smart guy, and not because he went to Harvard. He got he got plastered the first eight plays of the game. He's like, I'm not holding the ball. Fletcher Cox is going to destroy me. So he couldn't wait to get the ball out of his hands. And the best route to throw, if you want to get the ball out of your hands fast, is a go route. But it didn't matter if it was Ronald Darby or if it was Jalen Mills. Like They act like they were surprised the ball got thrown. And then they were flat-footed when the ball was in the air. And Devontae Parker looked like the second coming of Randy Moss. It was, it was the best game he ever played in his life. Louisville, high school, you know, any yep. of his five years of the NFL, like, it's inexcusable. They come out on a trick on a fake field goal, and the starting center is out there on the fake field goal. I mean, like, there's indicators that they're just not playing aware. They come out with Kalen Balage in a Wildcat. They act like they've never seen Wildcat before. You know, I mean, it's just, they're just not alert. And that's the let result me, let of me, coach. Let me ask you about Doug. Let me ask you about Doug really quick, because – We've talked about Carson. I think I've made my feelings be known about Carson. You do a great job on Twitter. Of course, everyone knows Baldy's breakdown, talking about some of the mistakes Carson's made. And he's had some good moments as well. I think he improved against the Dolphins. But Doug, this week, you just mentioned the fake field goal. Uh, The Dolphins line up in a pretty exotic formation. The Eagles have three timeouts at the time, I believe. And Doug doesn't call a timeout. He says afterwards he basically just didn't call a timeout because he thought they would run a trick play afterwards anyway and they felt prepared for it. Pretty disastrous decision by Doug, in my opinion. I think you call a timeout there. But you watch more film than anybody. When you watch the Eagles, do they look like a well-coached team to you? Because I think that execution is certainly part of it. I mean, especially on defense, and Doug doesn't have a ton to do with that. But when you watch the Eagles on offense, are there plays there to be made that aren't being made? Or do you see a regression in the coaching as well from – a purely play calling and play design standpoint. No, I see. I see design. I just see design flaws. I see execution okay. flaws. Um, you know, uh, I, I I could. I mean, look, I'm not here to to rip the quarterback. I merely point things out that if people want to say why is he regressed, why is he the eight, 18th ranked quarterback in the league right now when he was the the front runner to be the MVP two years ago? I mean, those are real issues. Those are real issues uh, in, in the regression. And it's the eye test is one thing, but going in and missing receivers or not throwing with anticipation or not understanding concepts or just fundamentals where every quarterback will tell you, you throw the ball better when the cleats are in the ground 
Um, rather than, yes, mechanics sometimes can get sloppy on a lot of quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes can have them, and Aaron Rodgers can have them. But, you know, if you're missing receivers that you should hit, then you should have somebody harp on, on mechanics. And I would say that the mechanics of a quarterback are no different than the mechanics of Lane Johnson or the mechanics of Fletcher Cox or any position. Every team should be coached hard because those fundamentals are the, your tools that you go to win play to play to play. And I would say the quarterback is struggling in that department. I would say that there's design flaws in how to get that extra man out of the box in the run game because the offensive line, the worst thing to me about their loss to the Dolphins was the offensive line played great, but nobody would ever know it. Nobody would ever know it by, you know, the fact that they didn't run great. They ran okay, but they didn't mm-hmm. run great. And the quarterback still was chased in, in hurry. And that's an indictment, I think, on the quarterback a little bit, but on the coaching as well, because they should have literally put up 50. They left so many points on the on the on that field, they should have scored 50 points in that game the way the offensive line played. I have my concerns on whether Doug and Carson can be a long-term fit together. Um, we've seen Doug win with Nick Foles, and I'm not here to compare Carson and Nick, but Nick, is when he's on, and we certainly know he can be consistent as Jaguars fans are finding out, but when he's on, he's a quick, accurate thrower. He makes good decisions, and it seems like they click together better. I mean, we all know the Philly-Philly play. You know, They just seem to have that vibe together. I don't get that sense with Doug and Carson. They just don't seem to really match sometimes on the field. Do you have concerns long-term about Doug and Carson together? Like, do you think they can be a winning combination? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think both have been successful. Both have, you know, great skills. Uh, I, I do think that there's going to be changes made, you know, when the season ends. Because there's nobody that could have ever expected this team to be five and seven at this point. I mean, it has not been a difficult schedule. They, they, sh- they have, they're paying a hundred million dollars to the right side of the offensive line. I mean, there's just too many things there um, to be where they're at right now. And really the, the denouement was that performance in Miami. So I think everything can be worked out, but they have to be coached better uh, all the way around offensive defense. And, Look, we're talking about the NFC East. They're going to make changes in Washington. Uh, we know new changes are, are coming there. There may very well be changes if you read the tea leaves in Dallas and what Jerry Jones is going through because it's crazy the things that he's saying. From mm-hmm. really putting it on the coaching staff after a loss to New England to this love affair prior to the Thanksgiving Day game in the disaster and the loss to Buffalo where Buffalo was clearly the better team and the much better coach team. To now where they're fighting for their lives on Thursday night football against the Bears. There's going to be changes probably there. And, you know, the Giants have lost eight in a row. And that might be the most poorly coached team in the league. So when you look at the NFC least, it starts with coaching. And there was a time, I mean, before your time, Elliot, you know, when there was Parcells. A little bit. And there was Joe Gibbs. And there was Tom Landry. And it was... The best of the best. I mean, they were the best coaches in all of football, and they went at it every year, and it was something to see. And, I mean, Parcells knew Gibbs, and Gibbs knew Landry, and, I mean, it was circular. And you look at where we're at right now, and there could be a lot of changes in this division before, you know, before you get to the Super Bowl this year. 
So the Cowboys play. We're recording this on a Thursday. The Cowboys play tonight against the Chicago Bears. I'm kind of leaning Bears in that one. They're playing better. Cowboys haven't really beaten any quality opponents this year. So I kind of lean Bears. But before we move on to a larger NFC pitcher, I just wanted to get your prediction. Who do you think actually makes the playoffs out of the NFC East? I've leaned Cowboys all year, but now when I look at the Eagles' schedule, Doug hasn't lost to the Giants or, or Washington in two years, since 2016. And the Cowboys just seem to be more of a mess because they don't have Dak signed. They're, you know, Jason Garrett is definitely gone, it, it, it at least seems to be. I kind of lean Eagles. I mean, where, where do you lean in, in that division? Well, there's no question the Eagles can win out. And if they win out, they win, you know, uh, right now. So I think they can definitely win out. I don't know. I, I Actually, I should check one thing, Elliot. If the Eagles win they, out, if they win up, out, they win. Yes, they're, they're, they're both. The Cowboys could potentially both be nine and seven, if, if if also the Cowboys take care of business outside the. And then so head to head, they're split. So then the next right. tiebreaker, I believe, is conference record, and I don't have Which that information. Would, no, so the next the next tiebreaker would be divisional record. They both be five and one. After that, I believe it's conference record. Or it's common opponents. I think it's common opponents because I just did this a few days ago. It's common opponents and the Eagles would win that one. But I do know for sure that if the Eagles win their final four games and the Cowboys go three and one with their loss being to the Eagles, the Eagles are in the playoffs. So as long as the Eagles win their last four games, they're in. Well, I don't have confidence that the Eagles can win four in a row right now. But I also know that I don't have confidence that I don't care who they're playing because we just saw them against the worst defensive football. And, it, and right. it was a disaster. So I don't have confidence they can win four in a row. But I also know that they're capable of winning four in a row. I just don't have confidence that they're going to do it. But I do know that confidence is everything in this business. And if you, you've got to win one before you can win two. And if you can win two, you definitely can win three and four. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's the Giants twice and it's the Redskins and Cowboys. And it starts with Monday night against the Giants. And they should win that game. The Giants are a mess. So it comes down to really, can they beat the Redskins behind a, a powerful rushing attack led by Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson uh, and a rookie quarterback? And can they beat the Cowboys at home? And I think they can do that. So my gut says the Eagles are going to win the division. Even though yeah. I, they, don't, they don't seem like they've lost three in a row and it's three ugly losses. And there's no reason for me to say that, except that they, they're more than capable of winning these four games. Yeah, I think the Eagles season is going to be decided in the next two weeks. If they can win the next two, I think they beat the Cowboys at home. But if they lose one of them, then it's really going to be tough. So the Eagles, all they have to do, beat, beat the Giants with Eli Manning, beat Washington. And I think they can do it. But I kind of, to your point, like they've shown nothing to show they can win four games in a row. But for some reason... My gut says they do it. Before we get into the teams that we actually think are good and that can actually win four in a row, I want to talk to you guys about hiring because, as you know, hiring can be a challenge. But there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart, and growing businesses connect qualified candidates. Cafe Altura's COO Dylan Miskowitz experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. He switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. And you can also see that immediate difference by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. As we all know, it finds them for you. 
and his technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job, so you get qualified candidates faster. In fact, after posting his job to ZipRecruiter, Dylan said he was amazed at how quickly great candidates were applying and found his new director of coffee in just a few days. Maybe some people from the NFC East, some of those owners, can use ZipRecruiter this offseason because it looks like there are going to be some multiple new coaches in that division. And with results like the way ZipRecruiter gets them for him, it's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So ZipRecruiter, we all know it's the smartest way to hire, and you can get a free trial at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Let's talk about some teams that might not need ZipRecruiter for head coach at least this offseason, and those are the teams at the top of the NFC. Me and you were talking prior to getting going with this just about how crazy it is right now. I mean, the 49ers go from the number one seed to now if the playoffs started today, they'd be traveling to Dallas. What, what's your thoughts on the NFC in general right now? Well, I think, you know, Seattle had a performance uh, this weekend that against the Vikings that really put them, you know, on top of the NFC at this point. I mean, they beat San Francisco. I know the, the, the New Orleans Saints went up there earlier in the year and they did beat them. So... There is a huge game this weekend in New Orleans between the 10 and 2 49ers and the 10 and 2 Saints. And we're either going to see the 49ers take a stranglehold here after a really good game, competitive game against the Ravens, where they are going to be a chance for a number one seed uh, because they do still have to go to Seattle to play. So they've got really big games left. But these big games reveal a lot about you. And it's Sometimes it's not necessarily how good your record is. It's how battle-tested you are. And the one thing about the Saints and the 49ers and Seattle and and Green Bay and Minnesota to a lesser degree is that all these teams, when they get to January, are going to be very battle-tested. They will have one without key players. They will have one on the road. They will have, you know— taken on the very best like the 49ers did last week in Baltimore in bad conditions and gone toe-to-toe, 17-17 the fourth quarter, takes a final second kick by the best kicker in the league to lose. I mean, they're going to be battle-tested, and I think that's really important um, because I think you can draw from a lot of those things. You don't necessarily have to win, and I'm not talking about moral victories. I'm talking about you know in the locker room that you can beat that team, that you're as good as that team that you can limit Lamar Jackson to 100 yards passing. And so I think this weekend, San Francisco in New Orleans, can you go into New Orleans and win that game? I mean, if the 49ers, after that loss to Baltimore, can go in and beat the New Orleans Saints, regardless of what seed they are, they can go into January knowing that they can beat anybody. And they they can travel and they can play with anybody. And I think that's that's – the confidence that you need to have going into January. You had a great tweet this week, and it was highlighting the top five rushing teams in order, Baltimore Ravens, San Francisco 49ers, Seattle Seahawks, Indianapolis Colts, Buffalo Bills. Four of those five teams are playoff teams, and one of them, the Colts, are pushing for the playoffs despite losing their franchise quarterback a week before the season. Combined record of those teams, 45-15. and I know me and you debated prior to the season but whether you can still win in the NFL being a running team. What's interesting about that is the 49ers have a lot of money invested in Garoppolo. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's the MVP of the league. 
uh, Russell Wilson, one of the best quarterbacks, period. When you look at the top of the NFC, it does seem like running the ball could be the deciding factor. You know, Alvin Kamara, the Seahawks love to run the ball. There are a lot of running teams. Which offense do you have the most confidence in? And then on the flip side, which defense do you think has the best chance of being able to stop the run throughout the playoffs? Well, there's nobody that runs the football like the Baltimore Ravens. So in the NFC, you're not going to see Lamar Jackson running the football and all of the things that Greg Roman is doing right now. Uh, so, you know, you're going to have to – like the Minnesota Vikings could not stop what Seattle did to them on Monday night. They pulverized them. I mean, they ran the ball 42 times for 218 yards, and they ran it on third down. They ran it on the goal line. They ran it to run out the clock. I mean, they ran it in every phase of the game. And, you know, when they transitioned last year to Brian Schottenheimer and Mike Solari became the offense line coach, and they added DJ Fluker and Micah Potty and they traded for Dwayne Brown, they said, I mean, Pete Carroll wanted to be a run-first team. And, it, you know, I remember talking to Doug Baldwin. You know, like they weren't, the receivers weren't thrilled about it, but it's the best way for that team to win. Um, they're mm-hmm. not a great defense. They're, they've got good players, but they're not a great defense. Um, they need to play keep away, I think, in large degree. Uh, the 49ers, I mean, what we all watched Raheem Mostert in Philadelphia. There's nobody that thought that he could go into Baltimore and have the game that he had on Sunday. But in the scheme that they run and the way that their tight end blocks and George Kittle with the fullback, they can run the and they're going to get Matt Breida back. I mean, they're a dangerous team the way they run because they can get explosive plays out of the run game where most teams have to drop back and throw it max protect to hope to get explosive plays. They can run the ball and get explosive plays and flip field position. I think – I think the 49ers are the most dangerous team because defensively they're really talented and they showed it last week. I think they'll show it this week against New Orleans. So they got to go play the game, but their front line, they've got eight, they're eight deep on the defensive line. Um, they keep coming at you in waves and they are taking the ball away, you know, in, in good ways. They're the first team to take the ball away from Lamar Jackson to fumble all year. And they've been doing it all year. And so, I, I would say that the 49ers, to me, are the most dangerous team right now. So I would agree with you. Uh, I like the 49ers best overall as a team out of the NFC heading into the playoffs. My only thing is, after experiencing New Orleans twice last year, both in the regular season and in the playoffs, I just don't see any team going into New Orleans in the playoffs and beating the Saints. I know that the Rams did, but we all know about how that game ended. So I kind of think this weekend might be the championship game because – If the Saints have to go to San Francisco, I like the Niners there. And as much as I like San Francisco, and I actually think they have the coaching advantage in that one, which is wild to say, especially over Sean Payton, I don't know if I can pick them to go into New Orleans. So I kind of think the NFC might just simply be decided by home field advantage because of how closely they are. But I think the 49ers are the best team in that conference right now. The AFC looks a little different, obviously. We have the Ravens at the top, and they look like right now the clear-cut best team in that division. They have the it factor. They have the MVP. They know how to win close games. You talked about being battle-tested. This team is extremely battle-tested. The Patriots, the, the Niners, I mean, they have a ton of uh, the Seahawks. They have a ton of really quality wins this season. After the Ravens, what team do you look at as legitimately the best shot to beat the, the to beat Baltimore? 
Well, I'm, I'm never, regardless of what the offense looks like, I'm not going against the Patriots. Because I know they yep. can play defense, and I know they're going to play special teams. And I've seen this before with Brady um, and the, the malaise that he's in at this moment and, and that the entire offense is in. But, you know, if you – and I know they lost their starting center, which is critical. But they are still going to line up two number one draft picks at offensive tackle. It's not like they're just uh, crying wolf there. I know that I've seen this with receivers before. I've seen Edelman uh, in a situation where he's all world now, but I've seen him where Brady literally froze him out after, you know, doing something in Buffalo and taking an, uh, a seat on the pine and not getting back in a game, almost like Dorsett did and Nikhil Harry did this past weekend. And I've seen Brady work through those differences. He's not a jerk. He He's demanding and it may look on the outside like he's he's acting like um, I don't know like uh, you know like he's some sort of a, a prima donna, but he's not that at all. Yep. He's an unbelievable team player. Like he will go to work with Philip Dorsett and Nikhil, Ter- Nikhil Harry and you know Muhammad Sanu, and he will work with these guys tirelessly night and day to get the timing down. And why the timing is so critical? I think that they're going to bounce back. And I think, because I saw it last year when people were saying it was the demise of Tom Brady. There's nothing wrong with his arm strength or anything else. Um, I, I think that Kansas City still has a chance. When they get everybody healthy, like that offense can be dynamic. I know they haven't put up great numbers so far, but they've been in and out of the lineup with a lot of key guys. I think that team still can be dangerous. They've shown signs of being able to play pretty good defense and at times decent run defense. So... I, I still think Kansas City is a viable threat right now, regardless of where they play. And the Houston Texans, the addition of Kenny Stills to their offense, you saw mm-hmm. if Stephon Gilmore wants to take DeAndre Hopkins out, what the addition of Will Fuller and Kenny Stills does for that offense and the tight ends. Like, that team is still going to be dangerous. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. I would go Ravens. You got to put the Patriots in there. The Chiefs have gotten out of that funk, losing four or six. They have two wins in a row. I believe they go to New England this week. Yeah. And you know, obviously that that that's a great test for them. The Bills are a team I can't really figure out because I saw them in person and I was not impressed at all. But then they just keep winning. I mean, they just literally keep winning. I mean, they go to, to Dallas and they beat the uh, Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day game. I still don't see them as a legitimate threat in the AFC, but... Maybe they'll keep uh, keep uh, proving me wrong. The wild card pitcher, though, I think in, in this division is more interesting than it is in the NFC because in the NFC you have you know two teams that are uh, each have three three uh, losses or less. But it, in the AFC you have teams like the Steelers that have come out of nowhere. The Titans are in it. Raiders are slipping down a little bit. Even the Browns are somewhat still alive. When you look at the AFC wild card pitcher, which of those teams do you do you like to be the two wild cards coming out? Well, I like the Steelers. I mean, we got to see what, you know, Devlin Hodges can do in big games. Right now, I mean, Mike Tomlin gave him the mantra last week, don't F it up, and he didn't F mm-hmm. it up. They lead the league in takeaways with 30. Their secondary is playing as good as anybody's in football right now. I mean, Cleveland couldn't get the ball down the field against them at all. And they can rush the quarterback. I mean, they've got 44 sacks. They are, they've got all the components defensively to carry a team. Offensively, I think they're challenged, and that's that's a, that's a that's a serious issue right now. 
But I, I do like the way that they're playing. And I like I like Buffalo. I like a lot of things about Buffalo. They're going to see the Baltimore Ravens this weekend. They've got some tough games left still. I mean, it's still a tough schedule for them. But I, I like the team because they don't beat themselves. They're very well coached. They know exactly who they are. And the quarterback, I don't care what anybody says, is improving. And I love his poise. And I love the competitive juices that he plays with. Do you think any of these teams, like the Titans, Raiders, Colts, Browns, are any of do any of them have a legitimate chance of getting the wild card, or are we looking at Bill Steelers? No, I look. I mean, Tennessee this weekend. You know, they they have a, a huge game this weekend, and then next weekend they play the Houston Texans, and they play them twice. But you know, with the way Derrick Henry is running the football right now, I, mean, I saw him last week against Indianapolis. It, it's it's wild, but when you watch him. His, I never saw, I never thought like length of a running back made that big of a difference, except you can't get to his body mm-hmm. when you get to the open field. You can't physically, I saw Darius Leonard bounce off him last week. I saw Malik Hooker not be able to grab his jersey because he couldn't, because when he puts that arm out, it's so long, he's so big that you can't actually grab a body part to tackle him. And, you know, I think Mike Vrabel, to credit him, he's like, they don't even put Deion Lewis on the field. It's Derrick Henry here the rest of the way. And Ryan Tannehill has played the best football of his life. And defensively, they're very talented. So I, I think they still have a chance, not just at a wild card, but they have a chance to still win the division. So I want to get into some of these games this week. Obviously, a ton of playoff implications. But before we do, I want you guys to hear this quick word from our sponsors. Cody Decker here from Swings and Misses, the radio.com sports original, here to talk to you about 4 hymns.com. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. I'm 32 years old, and I've been taking hymns for about three and a half months, and I'm getting incredible results. My hairline's coming back thicker and fuller than it has in years. Even Frosty has grown his hair back this winter. 4 hymns.com. There are no snake oil pills or gas station over-the-counter supplements or prescription solutions backed by science. No more awkward in-person doctor visits or long pharmacy lines. 4 hymns connects you with real doctors online, which could save you hours. It's completely confidential and Discreet. You answer a few quick questions, the doctor will review and they'll determine whether or not Hims is right for you. This holiday season, let it grow, let it grow, let it grow with Hims. Try Hims today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to forhims.com slash swings. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash swing. Prescription products are subject to doctor's approval and require online consultation with a physician who will determine if the prescription is appropriate. See website for full details and safety information. This could cost you hundreds you went to a doctor or pharmacy in person. Remember, for Hims dot com slash swings all right baldy a lot of really good games this week by the time people are listening to this the cowboys bears will probably already be over i guess i'll pick the cowboys in that one i really go back and forth you want to give me a quick pick for that game uh i will take the bears i think that trubisky has played a lot better these last two weeks nobody wants to give him any credit but he does look better to me in these last two games and even if it's psychological I think as long as the defense feels like the offense is showing up and contributing, Mm -hmm. like they're not going to feel like they have to do this themselves. Although that team had six defensive touchdowns last year and they led the league in takeaways. And I I feel like they're starting to come their way right now. I like I'll take the bears in this game. Well, Eagles fans will be very happy if that happened for sure. Uh, Colts at Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are actually ahead of the Eagles right now in the NFL.com playoff picture. So I don't think they're a playoff team, but they are statistically ahead of the Eagles right now, even though the Eagles have a chance to win their division and the Buccaneers don't. Colts at Buccaneers. Who do you like in that one? 
Well, I like the Bucks, and I like I like a lot of things about the Bucks. When you look at their front seven, they've got playmakers everywhere, and they showed up against Jacksonville last week. They had to make a quarterback change. They kept taking the ball away from Nick Foles, but you look at Shaquille Barrett leads the league in sacks with 14 and a half and six forced fumbles. There's on the other side. There's Jason Pierre-Paul. There's Sue and there's Vita Vea, who is a beast. There's Devin White that looks like the fifth pick in the draft right now. There's Levante David, who always shows up. I mean, they just have so many playmakers defensively. And offensively, they've got 2,000-yard receivers that on any given day can, can just go off and just take over games. Now, the quarterback has to stop making mistakes, and I don't know if he will or if he won't. But I kind of think that, that if there's a team out there like way on the periphery that could come out of nowhere to me, it's the bucks. Like, I think they could come out of nowhere. Yeah, no, I agree. I was surprised to see him where they were at in the playoff picture. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers as well. We already touched on this one. Ravens at bills. Look, maybe the bills will keep proving me wrong, but I'm taking the Ravens in this one. The Ravens are just red hot. Lamar is playing at an unreal level. Another week, another video comes out where you see how much Lamar's teammates respect him. He has that fumble last week. He goes around to each player on the team, says he's sorry, and to a man, they each are like, we got you, don't worry about it, we're playing hard for you. So the Ravens just feel like they have it right now. Buffalo's a tough place to play, but I'm still going with the Ravens. What about you? Well, uh, Greg Roman was the offense coordinator for Jim Schwartz up there in Buffalo a few years ago. He knows Buffalo. He knows that organization. I think that we're just seeing some of the tip of what Baltimore is really going to un, 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 unveil in the playoffs this year offensively. Mm. Um, I like everything about that team. I think Wink Martindale and what he will do to Josh Allen and to a pretty simplistic offense of Buffalo, um, I think he. I think they will – I think defensively they're going to give Buffalo a lot of problems. And I, I, I don't think there's any defense out there and Sean McDermott runs a, a really, and Leslie Frazier run a really disciplined defense. They tackle really well. There's, there is no defense out there, and I'm convinced right now, that can completely stop the Baltimore Ravens. So Lions at Vikings. Good news for the Vikings is this one's not in prime time. They have another prime time loss last week with Kirk Cousins, a quarterback. One o'clock in Minnesota. Lions are completely falling apart. The Vikings are hard to get a read on because when they're clicking, they look like maybe the best team in the NFC, but they very rarely put it all together. They're just so talented. They're still able to win games. I'm going with the Vikings easy in this one over the Lions. Yeah, I'm going to take the Vikings too. I I know there's no Adam Thielen, and we'll see just how, you know, Dalvin Cook says he's going to go. I mean, those are two incredible playmakers. Um, But I I, I do think that Dalvin makes a big difference, uh, especially if he's a one-two punch with Alexander Madison. But I think uh, Detroit can't run the ball the way Seattle did. And that's what Minnesota's downfall has been. Teams that can just really stay with it. So I do like I do like the Vikings in this game to get back on track. We talked about this game a little bit earlier, but Washington at Green Bay. Washington playing better. You mentioned how well the running backs have played. I saw the Eagles go to Green Bay and beat the Packers by running the ball. I just don't think Washington can do it. The Packers need this one more than Washington does, even though Washington's technically still alive. The Packers are actually competing for playoff positioning. I'm going to go with the Packers to stop the uh, Washington two-game winning streak. 
I'll, I'll do the same. I mean, I think Mike Pettin understands that he's got a rookie quarterback there in Dwayne Haskins, and he's got every blitz combination available to him. Uh, he can make life pretty difficult for him. They just need one or two takeaways to really change the game. So I like the Packers here to keep, keep marching on. All right, 49ers at Saints. You're going to be in New Orleans, hopefully not out too much on Bourbon Street night before, but San Francisco at New Orleans. I'm going to go with the Saints in this one just because it's in New Orleans. What about you? I, I can't wait to get to New Orleans, and I'm, part of it is Bourbon Street. I will be out, Elliot. Of course. I will there take you. you. I, I want I, Who that nation loves what I do and loves Baldy breakdowns. I've been good to all their – I mean, I love I love both teams. It, it, it's – to, to tell you how much fun I have on Monday mornings when I plug in a New Orleans Saints offense or defense or I plug in a 49ers offense or defense, I mean, it's fun to watch because they're really well coached. They're really talented. Cam Jordan is an awesome player, but Marcus Davenport's getting better. I love – I mean, I like both these teams so much. I feel like I'm, I'm watching a prelude to the NFC Championship game. I feel like that's what we're all going to see on Sunday afternoon. And I think the whole league really needs to, to really watch this game carefully. And the chess match, honestly, between, you know, Sean Payton and Kyle, Kyle Shanahan, maybe the two best play callers in all of football going at it uh, on center stage. I, I'm going to take the 49ers in this game. I, I, there's something about that team and just the fact that nobody really thought they were going to do much this year. And here they are. Uh, and I and they they had their chances last week against Baltimore. I think they're really tested. I I think Baltimore's playing just. I mean, I think San Francisco's playing just a little bit better. I'm going to take the 49ers. Sounds like you were picking between two of your kids there. So anyone in New Orleans that's upset by that, trust me, that hurt Baldy to pick against. It them. does. Everyone go. Everyone go buy Baldy a shot. And he'll break down film for you down on Bourbon Street. Uh, all right, next one. Let's see another good playoff matchup here. Chiefs at Patriots. Um, you mentioned the Chiefs kind of coming on strong. They've won two in a row, not against great opponents. The Raiders and Chargers aren't playing that well at the moment, but they had lost four or six. They're still starting to turn it around. Patriots coming off a loss. I'm picking the Patriots here at home. My only hesitation is the Patriots are really struggling to score in the cha- the Chiefs offense, I think, on a bad day, you know, still getting in the low 20s. But I'm not picking the Patriots to lose a big game at home, especially not 425. What about you? Well, uh, the last time these two teams met in the AFC Championship game, uh, the Chiefs were the number one offensive football and couldn't score in the first half of the game. Now, they scored 24 in the fourth quarter and probably should have won the game. Um, But that's who they are. I mean, they can score in bunches. I like the Chiefs in this game. I like the Chiefs because of the Patriots' struggles right now. I think the the loss of the center, um, and nothing against Ferentz, who's in there right now, but I, I don't know if people understand how critical that is when teams lose their center. And this was their third center this year. Um, it, it, Brady is rely, relying on those calls up front to be executed. I think it's going to be tough. Um, I like the Chiefs. I know that they can score. I think they'll take a look at what they did to, uh, to Tyreek Hill last year in that championship game, holding him to one catch. I think Andy Reid will adjust. And I think uh, probably in a lower scoring game than people might have thought a couple weeks ago, I'd like the Chiefs to win. All right, last game on the schedule with with two playoff teams or two teams at least almost in the playoffs. Seahawks at Rams. Rams probably playing 
maybe their best football of the season. They've certainly turned things around a little bit. Uh, Seahawks at Rams. I'm going to still take, hmm. Actually, I think I'm going to take the Rams in this one just because it's in L.A., but this one's pretty close for me, even though I think the Seahawks are way better. What about you? Uh, well, I think the Seahawks coming off a Monday night game, emotional game, and then going mm. on the road. I mean, those things do play a factor um, on teams. So I don't like the Rams offense right now at all. So even though I think Seattle is on a short week and traveling, I, I like I like just like the way the Seahawks are coached and I like the way that they're playing. I'll take the Seahawks. Yeah, that was it. That that game's tougher to pick than you would think, considering how much better the Seahawks have played than the Rams this year. All right, Baldy, that's going to be it for this episode. I can't believe it's week 15 already. I spent time today looking at my combine flights, which is wild when you <laughs> consider it felt. feels like just yesterday we were looking at a preseason tape. So week 15 next week, and we will be back with another episode, more playoff matchups, more playoff implications. Baldy, I'll catch you next week. All right, Elliot, be good, man. Take care. Enjoy that Monday night game. All right, will do. And thanks, everybody, to listening. This has been the Prevent Defense Podcast brought to you by Radio.com Sports.